Hey everybody, it's so good to have you with us today. Springs, the Springs family, and everyone joining us around the world, wherever you are. I'm so glad that you're with us. We always take a moment and pray for leaders. So let's do that right now. Father, we thank you that we declare right now the wisdom of God upon every leader that makes decisions in our lives. Father, business leaders, education leaders, healthcare, government, Father, every area, cities, provinces, our nation, we pray for our leaders and we ask that, Father, they have a heart for the people that they lead. And where there is not that kind of a heart or wisdom, we ask you to remove them and we declare leaders, Father, wise, mature leaders who understand freedom, justice, Father, and the whole truth. We declare that in your wonderful name. Amen and amen. It's so good to have you with us, as I said, and today I want to talk to you about crucial things. The, the topic of my message is God has a plan. God has a plan. For everyone that's listening right now who's struggling, you don't know what to do in a healthcare situation, in a business situation, in a career situation, a family situation, etc. Listen close to this message as we look at principles in the Word of God and take a biblical view of what's happening. Now, the first thing to remember is that there are two kingdoms, two spiritual kingdoms on the planet. So many people forget this. There are two spiritual kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness, and there is evil on the planet. Okay, and the, that fallen angel and all that he took with him is here to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's what Jesus said. He said, the thief, he's here. He wants to steal your rights, steal your freedoms, steal your children, steal your future, steal everything that he can. That is the entire purpose of the kingdom of darkness. And we know that when Jesus came, that he was the firstborn. He started the kingdom of heaven on this planet. The kingdom came when Jesus came and we could have a born again experience. And so we are born again. We become literally people who have a new nature on the inside and we are now in the kingdom of God. And so in this world, these two kingdoms are moving for influence in every nation. Every nation, every leader, every person is being influenced by the kingdom of darkness and by the kingdom of light. And so we make the decisions as free will beings as to what decisions we make, who we focus on, and what we learn and grow and develop in. And so we know, read history, uh, that there are leaders and countries that will rise up so horribly evil that they'll kill millions of people. And there are countries that rise up that do missions and feed the hungry and boatloads and plane loads and truckloads of help anywhere in the world. What a difference to the two kinds of leaders and the two kinds of nations. And so today, as we look at Canada and we look at an election coming up, uh, you need to go back and make sure you've listened to the other messages. I encourage you to do that because every leader that goes into leadership is going to be tempted 
tempted to be quiet, tempted to give in, tempted to be swayed by rhetoric and a knowledge and a wisdom that is not God's. And, uh, and he'll just influence and he'll wear leaders down till they just give in. And so we, the church, need to stand up and pray for our leaders and we need to get involved in the processes around us. So before I go into my thoughts, um, I mentioned last week that everybody's making decisions right now. You're making personal decisions on what you're going to do about health care, needles. You're making personal decisions about your career. Uh, you're going to be making it about voting. Uh, and then there's also a decision that you're going to have to make about the future, your kids, your grandkids, and the world that is ahead of us. Yes, we look at our present day cash flow, career, health, but look also to this second thing that has to always be looked at. What about the future? And what are my decisions doing for the future? Whenever you, whenever you start thinking the devil's too big, we can never overcome him. Leon, it's too late. Uh, we're losing our rights. We're losing our freedoms. The battle has been lost. That's what I hear from some people. And uh, I kind of look at them and go, you don't even know the Bible. So today, if you feel weary, if you're feeling pushed against, if you're raising your hands and going, what in the world are we going to do? Listen as we go into the Word of God. The Bible teaches us so many principles, and I, I cover a few of them each Sunday. One of the principles we need to understand today is submit and resist. Submit and resist. We are to submit to God and resist the devil. We are to submit to the teachings of God and the principles of God and resist evil principles and evil concepts. And if you don't think there are evil concepts and principles out there, you're not paying attention. There are godly forms of government and there are ungodly forms of government. There are godly leaders and ungodly leaders. And so we as believers are to submit to God and to his principles, learn his principles, learn his wisdom. And then we are to resist. And here's where a lot of people struggle as Christians because they kind of go, well, I just want to be obedient. No, your obedience is to God's word first. Your obedience is to the kingdom of heaven. It says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his, its way of doing things and everything else will be added. So when I use the word resist, I'm not talking right now about breaking laws. I'm not talking right now about being a jerk, being angry, being fearful, because so many people, when they do act, they act in fear. And when you act in fear, wisdom leaves. Okay, when you act in fear, you're always going to make the decision wrong. And so when I say submit to God and his principles and then actively live your life every day, resisting temptation on your life to compromise, to get off your path, but also resist in every way that you can by voting, by where you spend your money, by what you say in the public concourses, what you say in coffee shops, speaking up, begin to resist the rhetoric that people just give into. 
If you do not submit and resist, then you're just going to get what everybody else wants in the country that we live in. And so let's make sure and understand as we go through our messages in the last couple of weeks and the weeks that are ahead, that we understand principles. If you're having a hard time resisting what's going on around you and you don't have a plan, you don't have any strategies, you don't know what to do, you're overwhelmed, you're tired, you're worn down, you're not submitting. Because this beautiful, it's like the two wings on a plane. You need both wings to fly. You've got to be submitting to God. Submit to His presence. Submit to His Word. Submit to spending time with Him. Get involved in His church. Hear and be taught the Word, etc. Hang around with godly men and women who can encourage you. Submitting to God. Worshiping, praising, doing devotions. There's just so many beautiful ways to submit to Him and to hear His voice and to know His principles. And then you resist, not just in your own strength, you resist in the strategies of God, the power of God, with an incredible ability upon you to bring change. And that's important. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 14. And the prophet Elisha has been helping out the government. The king at that time uh, was coming under attack by another country. And God would show this man of God, Elisha, where they were coming down to fight. And the battle plans that the opposing country had. And so he would just tell the king, they're coming down this valley this time, and they're coming over those rocks there, and they would go and be ready and just destroy their enemy. It happened again and again, till finally the king of the opposing country said, what is going on? Do we have a traitor in our midst? And they told him, no, there is a man who hears from God. His name is Elisha. And as we go in to attack and to steal, and they weren't coming in to be sweet. They were coming in to steal, kill, pillage, rape, take. And so they said, he knows what you whisper in your bedroom. So then the army made a decision. We're going to go after that one man. So this opposing country comes to the, the, the city that Elisha is at, surround it with horses and chariots, a huge army for one man. It shows you how afraid the enemy is of even one of us. And here in 2 Kings 6 and 14, it says, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Us and them. And Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was filled with horses, chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, Leon, how do you explain that? I, I don't know. All I know is that there was some form of warring army that the only way this young man could explain it was it looked like horses and chariots of fire. And it wasn't a couple of them just flying around. This filled the mountains. It filled the airs. It filled everywhere. So 
When the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, I can't got time to get into this today. I'm thinking about doing this next week. Showing people how to pray according to the new covenant, according to the word of God. Because God always needs his will to be done on the earth through man. He has limited himself by giving the earth to the sons of man. And we are the managers on his behalf. And so you'll notice any time that his people pray, he'll send them a leader. And as that leader begins to move out and do things, the presence of God, the armies of God, the wisdom of God, the strength of God, all begin to flow. But it takes action. It takes movement by someone. And so here we find out that he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. It just doesn't make sense to most those who study the Bible. It's according to the word of the Lord. No, this says that Elisha said, strike them with blindness because they, they, they were there to kill. They were there to murder. Well, that's kind of mean. No, it's not mean. If you want to be an enemy of God or God's people, you put yourself in dire straits. Because no weapon formed against God's people prospers. It goes on to say that when someone pulls a sword on you, it enters their own heart. When someone digs a pit, they fall into it. When they shoot an arrow, it enters their body. Meaning the protection upon us is so amazing that God protects us and takes out our enemies. They come at us one way and they flee before us seven ways. And so Elisha, under the old covenant, which had less power than we have in the new covenant, he speaks, declares, and an entire army goes blind. If you want to read the rest of that story, you go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Well, tell me the story. No, go read your Bible. <laughs> People need to start reading the Bible, connecting with God. And so they won a great victory there. And I want you to know that God has a plan. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for our country. He's got a plan for our families. Did you know he's already got a plan for a great, great, great granddaughter and grandson of Sal and I that I haven't even met yet or know about yet? He is so well thought out ahead, but he has to work through people. So when people don't know the things of God, don't seek God, don't learn his ways, don't develop an ability to hear his voice, don't have the courage to get up and move, then who's he going to work through? Because his will on the earth needs to be done through man because he gave him authority over this planet. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Glory be to God! who can now to the one who is able to do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine through his power working in us. Okay, again, I want to ram this home that you need to get close to God. You need to get out to church. You need to get back into your Bible. If you don't know Jesus, you need to give him your life because the Bible says he can do super abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power working in us. Or in the expanded Bible, it says it just through his power working in us. Why doesn't it just say that God's going to do incredible, amazing and wonderful things? 
Yeah. No, he is always saying so many times in the word of God, he's doing it through us through you. When you study the word, you'll hear terms like God looked and there was no one to intercede. No one. And intercede, you see, well, I don't want to go there, but we'll talk again about prayer. Inter, to intercede in a situation means to get involved and help out. Intercessory prayer is using prayer to do that, and it's two different things. So we need to understand here that God wants to work in your job he wants to work in your family, in our provinces. He wants to work in our nation. And there is a way to pray that gets God involved. And as you pray, this prayer also shows you your involvement in what you can do. Everyone thinks, well, Leon, what are you going to do? Well, I'm doing what I can and I'll do whatever God keeps telling us to do. But what are you going to do? Because all of us are kings and priests. If you're born again, you literally are kings, priests, and prophets. You prophesy your future. You hear from God. You are leading your life. And, and, the, and you are right with God because of what Jesus has done. So as we go on to this next story, I want to show you an example of somebody like all of us here who got caught up in fear who just kept giving in to whatever powers were at work and was living way under, you know, when you say, well, under the circumstances, Leon, and people think they're practical when they talk that way. But the bottom line is, if pra being practical means you are under the circumstances, then it's always going to take impractical people, people who rise up and go, everything's against us, things aren't working good, but I'm not stopping. I'm still resisting. I'm writing letters. I'm making phone calls. I'm going to vote. I'm going to talk. I'm going to say no, because that's the big word in many of this. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not quitting my job because no, I'm not going to. No, no, no. And then watch as God begins to move on your behalf. And so there's a story I want to have you look at. And, and it's about a man named Gideon. Now, before we get to him, I want to talk about two other stories. And then we're going to, we're going to unpack the story about Gideon. David was a teenage boy. And an entire country, his country, was afraid. And so David rose up. And people say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't have enough money, enough strength, enough chutzpah. Listen, all David did, he was a shepherd boy with a sling. All he had was a little uh, bag he put rocks in and a sling. And he looked after sheep. And he was a teenager. And God took him and just asked him or led him to do what he could do. And God did the rest. When an entire army couldn't take out this giant in the Philistines, a little shepherd boy took what was in his hand. It was a sling and a stone, and he just threw it. He just talked back to the giant, and he went into action. In many cases, we need to talk back. We need to talk up, speak up, and then go into action as God gives us strategies. And here the strategy was... Put a rock in and swing it and run at a giant. You're going to go, what? I don't think anybody ever seen that before. No, but God guided that rock and it took out a giant. And the entire country was free because of one teenage boy's courage and listening to God. As you study the word, you will find over and over and over again that all God requires of men and women to change the circumstances on the planet is to speak up, 
declare his promises and his word, and then do the actions he asks you to do. And in so many cases, it's so little. But as you begin to move, God's attracted to movement, and he begins to get involved. Gideon, the story is well known, was a guy hiding because the Midianites continually conquered their country. They would come in when it was time for their crops to be taken off, and they would burn them. They kept them poor. See, they would come in and destroy their livestock, come and destroy their crops at certain times, because if you can keep a group of people poor, then back then you would starve. Your kids would die. Your wife would die. You would die. There wasn't a whole lot of help back then. And so they would come in and do this, and Gideon was hiding. And he was hiding, trying to get as little food as he could. And in Judges chapter 6, you need to read the story. It's going to encourage so many of you to read through some of these powerful Bible stories. It says, so that one day the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the oak tree at Oprah on the farm of Joash the Abazite, Joash's son Gideon had been threshing wheat by hand in the bottom of a grape press. Now the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty soldier, the Lord is with you. Now here's where human minds fail. Gideon goes on to say, I'm the wimpiest in my family and my family is the lowest in the country. So why are you calling me a mighty man of valor or this great soldier? But you see, the thing is, is that God and his angels don't live in time. We do. And time is always moving. But God doesn't live in time. He knows the future. He knows the beginning from the end. And so this angel knew that he was looking at one of the greatest generals and leaders that this nation would ever have. He knew because he knew from God the future. Now, Gideon is really, what? What? But when he called him a mighty man, Gideon had to make some choices. And for time's sake, I'm not going to go through the different things that he did. Gideon began to get right with God. Gideon began to clean up his family. He began to do the things God had asked him to do when it come to living right. And there was idols involved and different things. But the angel of God had told him, the Lord had told him, he said that, Gideon, you're going to quickly destroy the Midianite hordes. Now, Gideon is trying to wrap his brain around this, and, and he puts out a fleece. Many Christians put out fleeces. Like, you know, it's like in the world, they'll flip a coin. Let's see what direction to go. But he said, I'm going to put a, a, a fleece out and on the threshing floor, and if it's soaking wet and the floor is dry in the morning, I'll know that this is God. He wakes up the next morning, the floor is dry, and the fleece, this little lamb's fleece, is so wet he can wring out a whole bowl of water. Then he's still not convinced. Well, God, I am going to put it out and let the fleece be dry and the floor wet. And again, God did that. We have a saying here that if you put out fleeces with God, you'll get fleeced. Because the old covenant used these kinds of things. But in the new covenant, we have it so much better that you can hear and get God's direction every day, every minute, every hour. He never withholds it. He's never turning away from you. He is always with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. You have access to his direction all the time. 
And so you don't need to put out fleeces. If you do, you're just not hearing from God. Go hang with him. Get into his word. So that's how Gideon got his answers. And so as this process goes, he begins to pick out and try to rally an army big enough to take out an army that from horizon to horizon, they filled the countryside. And they had continually whooped them before. You know, when you've been whipped or you've been attacked by something before that has beaten you and taken you down, when it comes at you again, you got all this PTSD to deal with that like, you know, they destroyed my last wife and kids and farm and, and they took all of the, the kids with them and, and they attacked again in this year and that year. And people, you know, you got all this to deal with. And so that Gideon is recognized he needs some folks, but God only let him take 300 men. And there's a whole beautiful teaching in, in choosing leaders around you. But Gideon, God told him, you only need 300 men. And so Gideon is still dealing with fear. And so he sneaks into the enemy's camp during the night. And this story is so cool. He creeps amongst the tents just as one of the men in the tent is talking about a nightmare that he had. And he was telling the other soldier that was sleeping in that tent about it. He says, I had a strange dream. There's a huge loaf of barley bread and it came tumbling down into our camp and it hit our tent and it knocked it flat. The other soldier replied, your dream can mean only one thing. Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israeli, is going to come and massacre all the allied forces of Midian. Now, Gideon's hearing this. He has snuck into the camp just to kind of do some reconnaissance. And, and all of a sudden, he recognized the enemy was afraid. You know, there's one thing you need to be very aware of. And that is that when God's people stand up for justice, for freedom, for truth and not to be censored, the whole truth. When we stand up that we should make our own decisions about our bodies, about our finances, about our travel. We shouldn't be restricted by people, controlled and manipulated by governments or businesses or CEOs or anyone. When you begin to recognize that they are afraid, that's why they're trying so hard to control this and control that. They're dealing with fear. And it, it can be real or unreal. And they're just afraid. They're afraid of you. They're afraid of what's going on around them. They're afraid of failure. They live in a kingdom of fear. Because in the enemy's kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, everybody is there by just default. And in order to get out, you have to accept Christ as Savior and Lord and have a new nature. Then your nature is peace, joy. Your nature is love. Your nature is strength and wisdom. And if you don't, aren't in the kingdom of God, you then naturally move in fear. And so this is a great lesson for a leader to understand. And we're all leaders, is that the enemy is afraid. The enemy, that is why they're working so hard to curtail this, to shut down that, to, to you know, come against you in Facebook and do it, it, recognize the enemy is afraid. He got back. He was so excited. He took the 300 soldiers. And here's what they did. God gave them a strategy that is still used at times today. And there's another beautiful story in history. But he had every one of the 300 men grab a trumpet. Then they had a great big vase and they had a torch that was on fire and they carried it into battle. 
and they put the torch that was on fire in the vase so that you couldn't see the fire. And they surrounded, they went out with a very strategic plan. God, in the, in the midst of all of this horde of, of Midianites that were coming against them, and at Gideon's signal, they broke the vase. And in the pitch darkness of the night, these fires just flew. I mean, not flew, but they just were, wow, they radiated. And all of the soldiers then heard the trumpet blowing. Well, you'd be crazy to go into battle if with no weapons. These men don't have weapons. They've got a trumpet. How do you kill somebody with a trumpet? They've got a vase. What are you going to do with a vase? They've got a torch. All three of the things they had to carry, none of which are going to help them in a fight. But God knew what he was doing. Because when they looked out and saw 300 torches, they thought there was 300 regiments of soldiers. When they heard 300 trumpets, they thought there was an array of armies. Because you wouldn't want a whole bunch of trumpets giving the wrong messages. And so they then turned and they began to kill each other off. And it says in verse 21, the panic was so great that they rushed shouting and running. And in the confusion, the Lord caused the enemy troops to begin fighting amongst themselves. And as they ran off, Gideon then called troops from Naphtali and Asher and Manasseh and said, come on down and help us destroy our enemies. We do our part and God does his part. This story of Gideon is so beautiful. It's so amazing. We need to understand that God didn't even send those men in to fight. They had a strategy, and when they obeyed God, things happened. I want you to know, people often ask me about what's going to happen, and I say, you know what? All of the evil plans that are out there are going to fall apart. God's got a plan. There, and, and you're going to see it at the time. All of a sudden, stuff will start to crumble suddenly. Just pshew. Now, we must walk in faith. We must walk in wisdom. We must resist with wisdom. I'm not telling people to go break laws right now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's so many ways for us to get involved in our democratic society. There's so many ways to speak up, to phone MLAs and MPs to get involved in the process, join a political party, get your voice be heard, know what the real issues are out there today, understand the difference between compassionate capitalism and all of the other isms that are out there, socialism, etc. Socialism breaks three of the Ten Commandments alone, and yet we think that's the most godly way to look after everybody and to be fair. And God's Word has a much higher standard, and it's better. So I want to challenge you today in your business, in your family, with what you're going through right now. God not only has a plan for a country, but He's so amazing, He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for your family. He's got a plan for your health, your protection. And the Bible is so clear about that, that in John 10, it says Jesus calls each person by 
name and he leads you out. It doesn't say he leads you into troubles. He leads you to clear waters. He leads you to green grass. He's there when your enemies through the valley of the shadow of death, his rod and his staff, they're a comfort because he's keeping things at bay. You need to know God's got a plan for our country. God's got a plan for our province. God's got a plan for your company, your marriage, your kids, your future. Why are we cowering in fear? Speak up. Get involved. God is attracted to movement. So if you're sitting around doing nothing full of fear, he's not even attracted to that. Without faith, it is impossible to begin to see God move into situations. You've got to pray in faith, live in faith. The just shall live by faith. It's not just enough to be just. Well, I'm born again, so it's all going to work out. No, it says that faith without works is dead. The first thing you do with works is, which is, is to begin to speak and declare the truth of God's word of freedom and health and wise leadership and begin to pray. And the things you desire in our nation, in our province, begin to pray them and declare them. And that, as you begin to do that, God will show you and reveal to you uh, things that you can do with the resources he's given you, the company that he's given you, the friendships he's given you, who you can phone up, what you can do through your church what you can do through kingdom builders, what you can do. God, he knows how to use all of us in the most beautiful, phenomenal way that if we just each do our bit, we're going to be stunned that you can be a Gideon who's like one of the greatest generals that ever won battles. And all it did was take 300 men in who blew a trumpet, broke a vase and held up a torch. <laughs> to do your part is not hard. And so if you're dealing with a business situation, a career situation, you don't know what to do, get some wisdom. You may need legal wisdom. You may need some help from other people. Go get wisdom. The Bible says wisdom cries aloud. Well, what do you mean, pastor? I mean, if you don't know what to do legally, go find legal advice. If you don't know what to do governmentally, go find some advice. If you don't know what to do with your career, get some advice. There's wisdom all around us. Well, I got to pay for it. Well, if you're that cheap, uh, then lose your whole career. Wisdom is crying aloud. There's, we have a nation filled with brilliant people filled with men and women that, yes, you might have to buy their time. You might have to talk to a lawyer who's on the top of their game and, oh, it's going to be hundreds of dollars an hour. In that one hour, you'll learn more than you walking in circles for the next six months. So get some help if you need help. Talk to people. Uh, open up and share what's in your heart to the friends and the family that is around you. And if we all just be men and women of God, unafraid, refusing to bow to fear, but rising up, knowing God's got a plan for your family, your career. He's got a plan for your health. He's got a plan for you. And we want to encourage you. And, you know, every woman that is here at Springs, if you want to, well, Leon, where do you stand? I'll tell you where I stand. I stand for your freedoms to make your own decision. I never want people compelled, forced, manipulated. You're never going to travel. You're never going to fly. You're never going to walk in a restaurant. That's a bunch of baloney. That is not going to last. We need to stand up and say freedoms are more important. We need to recognize what's next if someone is able to decide what they do to your body, what they do about your travel, what they do about so many things, hospitals and whether or not you even get treated and some of the bizarre things that are going on around this planet and in our own country. Stand up.
recognize God saw it coming. He's never been surprised. He has leaders in the wings that are going to be moving in. He's going to be taking down men and women who have become enemies of our freedom. He's going to take out the lies and the strategies of, of, of the men and women right now, wherever they are. Okay? He's going to take them down and make sure that we have leaders that lead us in right directions. Someone said to me, well, you know, our leaders are just naive. Well, I don't see much difference in the end result if you're being led by evil leaders or naive leaders. Neither can lead. The Bible says that you're going to end up in the ditch either way. So pray them out, vote in new ones, and let's believe God that we're going to have leaders after his own heart. And then let's get up and let's run and make sure that in our lifetimes we have a great Canada, a great nation, that we have, have, have fought and loved and laughed and voted and spoken up uh, so that our kids can say, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Grandpa. Thank you, Great Grandpa. Great Grandma. Thanks, Mom, that you guys stood up. And again, you know, the most that we really have to deal with today, if, if we stand up, is some kind of public shaming. Not really. It's just from a little group that might use your Facebook or something. Or you might, it might cost you financially. And God will see you through, figure that out. And I believe on the other side, you'll be further ahead. Believe him that whatever the enemy meant for harm, that it's going to be turned around. And you're going to walk in the very blessings of God in all of these areas. Father, I pray right now for all of the men and the women, the teens, the children of God who have chosen you. I pray for their protection, their wisdom. I pray fear get out as a spirit of fear. And I pray, Father, that you'd raise them up and that as we move forward, that you guide us, lead us. And I'm asking for those people right now who need a strategy to deal with a situation that they're being forced into. Give them wisdom, and Father, even if they don't see an immediate win, have them stay the course. You said when you've done all in Ephesians 6, stand. That means don't give up, don't give in, don't quit, stand. And so, Father, I pray upon them right now that peace and that strength to stand as we continue to take ground and believe that our nation is free that our nation gets truth, the whole truth, that our nation is just, that our nation is never censored. And Father, I declare favor over Canada and over the elections and all that is going on in leadership in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.